Hello and welcome to Playwright, a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. My name is Ryan Heyman. You can call me H. And I'm Ryan Quintel. You can call me Q. We almost got syncopated there. It almost felt like uh, we were getting on a on a real track to do sort of a, a nice little song. We welcome the fan remixes, of course. <laughs> what song right. do we both have stuck in our heads right now that we're both just trying not to sing along to? Um, I've had, <laughs> this is going to be strange because I have had a song stuck in my head for the past few days. It is uh, Hold On by Wilson Phillips. And I don't know if it's just because of we're in the, you know, the thick of election <laughs> season or what, but I, I've i just got some day somebody's going to make you want to turn around and say goodbye. <laughs> and I can't get it. I can't get it out of there. Yeah, I, gosh, I had, I had a couple songs kind of on loop all day where it's like every once in a while you catch yourself like breathing, running up the stairs and realize you're actually whistling the tune that's in your head. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing where it's like the song is forcing its way out of you in one way or another. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just can't quite place what they are. I think I think one of them was uh Conquer's Bad Fur Day. There was the bit in the uh in the the tower with the cogs and everything. It's a nice little nice little tune that plays in there. Dun um ba bum ba bum ba bum ba. Nice little kind of jazzy number. I end up really liking that, but yeah, I don't know. Just like weird little pieces of video game music kind of come to my mind and stick around for a long time every once in a while. Yeah, I think banjos. Um, I think this is banjo. It's Mumbo's Mountain, I think. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that has lodged itself in my cerebellum as well. So, um, welcome to Sound of Play. It's a video game music <laughs> podcast. Uh, All right, well. I guess with that said, let's get to some video game pitches, and I'm going first today. I guess I'll preface this in saying that we might believe that this isn't an original idea because there already is a game that quite famously uses the aesthetic of the Russian Russian nesting doll in, um, what is it called, Stacking, I think it is, a mm. Double Fine game from, what, I'm going to guess 2009-ish, PlayStation 3. Uh, but this one, I, I, I say, you know... More than one game can use the nesting doll aesthetic without it being outright plagiarism. So I'm going to go ahead and throw my hat in the ring with Tim Schafer and <laughs> and see what we can come up with. So uh, what I want is a nesting doll platformer game where every time you jump, you leave a layer of yourself behind and you are essentially a new doll with a different power set and each level you are like layers upon layers of these characters. Maybe there's like four characters per stage and you just have to solve these kind of order of operations, platforming puzzles by both physically moving yourself by jumping out of your shell and by performing whatever action is specific to the doll that is um, currently in play. And, you know, don't mm. jump one too many times because you might lose a skill that you need later on and then you have to reset the stage so i'm gonna start the clock there so you're jumping around and as you're jumping that's how you're kind of losing like the more you engage with the the kind of movement mechanics of the game that's what takes things away from you yeah essentially i see this as kind of like a single screen platformer puzzle type game like a super meat boy instead of like a sprawling mario 64 you know you don't have to count jumps throughout the entire game it's just kind of like within a very contained set of uh of of jumps and, and puzzle gates so you're kind of getting into something where you're talking about a scope that's very kind of manageably small 
now we're kind of uh i like the idea of solving the puzzle i was gonna say if you were doing the long tail of it you could almost have like the reverse of a skill like a, the reverse of an experience bar where like mm-hmm. <laughs> every jump you vote i know that there are people who subscribe to the belief i think the current uh, commander-in-chief might be one of them but uh that your heart only has so many beats mm-hmm. that if you if you exercise and make it beat faster, you're just prematurely running out of beats, <laughs> um, which is kind of an insane thing to think. But hey, let's uh, let's humor that for a second. I like the idea of uh, you only have so many jumps in the game. And so <laughs> you could you could just be jumping through these environments and be like, oh, I I've got to really start conserving. Con- uh, yeah, conserving. Yeah, conserving my yeah. jumps now. It's kind of makes me think about um I just got a car that now tells me what miles per gallon I'm getting based on sort of how heavy footed I'm being. And so I uh-huh. find myself uh trying to gamify that and coast a lot. So I wonder like how far in a Mario level could you get without engaging with the jump? It's like those uh Mario sixty four and two point five button presses uh challenge runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I- I'm thinking of like, you know, very um easily kind of make this into you know you are kind of qualitatively changing your character with every jump and so they you know maybe certain characters kind of like in a so to go back to stacking which we referenced in the intro there's almost kind of like a hitman level of detail to it where each character can not only do different things sometimes they can like blow wind in a certain direction or sometimes they can like maybe they'll be allowed permission into an area because they are a train conductor where a normal passenger wouldn't be allowed or something like that. But, um, you know, I'm just thinking of like each, each layer can do different things. And so you kind of have to think about, all right, you know, I need to have a person who can pick up a key at, you know, that level up there, but that means that I'm only allowed to jump once to get to that layer. That's two layers up. How do I move myself in such a way? And, Maybe there's a way of like re-entering your old shell bodies um, by going back to where you left it before. I don't know. That's kind of interesting. So now you're in a scenario where you're trying to like shed former versions of yourself. Is that that we're, we're talking about now? Essentially. So let's say like the very inside is like is like a little acrobatic circus performer and then the layer on top of that is like a uh, a strong man and the layer on top of that is like an animal tamer if we're going like with like a circus theme and then the layer on top of that is like i don't know like a clown or something and so you yeah. know maybe the maybe the clown is able to open doors that require water or something because he can squirt it from his little uh this little flower on a shirt and maybe the lion tamer is able to use a whip to activate certain things. And, and so all of these have kind of different power sets that you can use and you kind of have to intelligently gauge, you know, what is needed where, and how do I, you know, order of operations wise, um, how do I get to where I need to be without shedding too many layers to miss out on a vital gate that I needed to unlock for later in the level. That's cool. So now we're in a position where we're able to kind of jump around through these characters or through the abilities. It almost has that like reanimator type of thing going on where you're able to to take on these powers, but the powers are only you like spend these bodies in a way. So everything is always temporary. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's ways to pick up additional 
bodies later on in a level. I'm just trying to, I mean, obviously I think that like once we actually start designing levels, then, you know, the layers of complexity would make themselves really evident and we could get really into like creating clever and fun puzzles, but just kind of like talking it through, it sounds like it would be too easy. But again, like, I guess these things always do when you're just kind of discussing the concept, like Baba is you, that sounds really easy until you actually start playing it. (laughs) I think even returning to some of the core idea here of like these one screen platformers or a meat boy like challenge and saying you're going to get a certain number of jumps. And, and if you want to like scale the difficulty or have some accessibility, scaling it up and down, Mm-hmm. Maybe the person can go over those jumps, but for every jump you go over, you lose like 5% of your jump height or something. And of course you mm-hmm. get like dinged. I like the idea. I mean, there's not a lot of character platformers where the character gets tired of jumping, which I think <laughs> could be kind of interesting if you're really jumping the character uh, a lot, kind of having jumps that are less effective or like a critical you know, or a crit chance or something. Um, oh, that that jump didn't quite make it. Some some level of um, excitement to making a jump. There's a game I kind of wanted to draw attention to called The Useful Dead, which is a platformer. Um, it's uh, I think it's only like a couple dollars to own if people are curious about it. But you play these little like animal, like cute little animal things, and you start the game with a certain number of them, and I think you can choose how many of them in total you want to play through the entire game with is kind of like a way of setting a challenge level for yourself Mm. as they like, it's a permadeath type thing. So as they die, another animal picks up like at the beginning of that little single screen stage, but the bodies of those who died um, are left behind. And so, you know, if they died on spikes, then you can use that body as a platform to get to something else. Or if they died, you know, sometimes you're intentionally killing yourself to create a platform for you to reach something that you wouldn't have been able to reach before. So I, I do like games that involve, you know, either um, reutilizing past uh, failure attempts or, you know, just some way to kind of like spice up the formula so you aren't just kind of like trying and retrying the same thing over and over again. It's either becoming more easier or more difficult. Yeah, especially if you could like... And I think we've pitched a game that does something like this before where the old you or the ghost you, mm. what if you could have some sort of device or something where you could zap those ghosts or freeze them in the air and then use them as platforms mm-hmm. uh, to kind of get around. That's right. That is sounding familiar. <laughs> All right. So let's let's go back to, so we are a uh, Russian nesting doll. I feel like there's a very particular art style, and this is something that stacking really really leans into that that evokes. Um, I think it could be really fun in 2D to have that kind of uh, that very like cute, crafty, painterly type of look on all the stages. I think that would be neat. And one thing that I don't feel like I've ever really seen a platformer do is as you unnest, imagine going uh, in kind of opposite Katamari direction where as you Mm -hmm. unnest and you get smaller you're drilling into a level of detail of the world that potentially contains all sorts of platforming sub challenges Mm. so now when you're really small maybe something that is like a slight incline for the largest version of you Uh, imagine a little hill in mario right but when you get on it it's, it's a mountain when you're tiny and you can actually zoom in the camera 
and like show sprites in this new insane level of detail. That could be really cool. And of course, things that the larger size um, players wouldn't be able to get under that you're very easily able to pass through as a smaller character. But yeah, we're we're out of time there, so let's let's close it down. Let's come up with a name. There's a bunch of different concepts in so here. So the the dolls are cl- are called Matroiska dolls, which I, f- you know, I, I think it's a fun word we can do something with. <laughs> I mean, you have your Matroiskavania. <laughs> that's fun. That's I think that's a that's a good concept. Yeah, let's let's call it Matroiskavania and <laughs> see what happens if a whole subgenre evolves around it. We can only hope. Q, what are you bringing us today? So today I bring you something that uh, is kind of a game, but it's also a game derived from another game. What if we took your PUBGs of the world, and I'm thinking specifically of a a battle royale that's a little bit plainer. Fortnite, I think, might be too big. Mm -hmm. You kind of resurrected a massive central tower that you fill with another group of 100 players, and then you take those people, and what you can do is bet on who is going to win the battle royale. And for every person that dies, the buy-in value uh, goes higher and the payoff value goes lower. So you're kind of looking to to get in at the right time and make the call of who is going to win the match. And then you can imagine that that, that whole space is treated like an insane, you know, dystopian, super luxury lounge that, uh, that maybe you have different ways of, of watching or interacting or even affecting the match. All right, starting the clock. So this is kind of like a defend the tower in a way where one team is positioned in a what's kind of an advantageous spot at the beginning of the match. Maybe the other team has to rush the tower and they can, you know, snipers can pick off a few Mm. at that stage of the game versus those who are storming the tower. Is that kind of what you're getting at? I was thinking that there was no actual interaction between the two groups at all at first. Oh, wait. How are they competing? What's going on? (laughs) This is like a group of people who are betting and they're trying to win the most money against each other. So, um, you know about the, I think I talked about, um, what are they betting on? They're betting on who is going to kill each other in the battle Royale below. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> yeah. So I, but I do like the idea <laughs> of there being a mechanic where the battle Royale people can now storm the rich people tower. It says, uh, but games aren't political, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, the battle Royale people. Cause I mean, like, you know, a hundred people dropping into an Island to all kill each other is pretty dystopian. Who is organizing yeah. this? Who is, who is doing this? And so I love the idea of just in the fiction saying it's this group of 100 rich people that have sponsored this thing. And maybe, maybe you could do a hunger game style like thing where, um, once you're betting on someone, uh, like it's the people in the tower that control supply drops um, and mm-hmm. can kind of try and throw benefit to the people that they've placed money on. It would be interesting just from a narrative perspective, if it wasn't immediately clear that there was a way from the battle royale field into the tower. And so, you know, after a few weeks of the game being out, um, players would work together and find that, you know, you could rocket jump your way into, you know, if you work together, you can pile up physics objects and, actually get into the tower but then you know the the tower people would um have them like very vastly outnumbered and take them out and so it's kind of like over time the 
fighters become, you know, they get more and more of a foothold there. And then, you know, all of a sudden it becomes like a, like a community thing of like, we, we have to find a way to take down the tower people. Yeah. 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 Or like, uh, like killing or being the last person standing, um, is, is potentially there's now you go the civilization route and there's actually like three ways to win the match. Right. And one of the ways mm-hmm. is, uh, having the prisoner's dilemma situation, but make its way into one of these battle Royales where you're like, we still have all the tools to kill each other, but we can take all of our armaments and we can storm this, um, this sort of betting tower together. And so like, I imagine for me, the tower is much more, there's like gorgeous displays and you can, you mm-hmm. can spectate whoever you want. And you're like trying to assess people's play styles and you're, throwing money at things and maybe it's this beautiful cocktail lounge that you're in. And so you, you have these like different, almost game master like set of tools up there while you're trying to make the most money, you know, you have to make money and collect money as a player up there to potentially Mm -hmm. be able to afford to drop in a weapon for a player or gift um, a set of armor to somebody else. It'd be interesting if you could somehow influence how, how trustworthy certain players were being so if you see somebody really kind of like getting ahead in getting ahead in the rankings or or if you see somebody trying to rile up support for storm in the tower then you could i don't i don't even know what you could do specifically but you could uh try to to make other people not not trust them as much i don't know what what could you do to try to unseat the rebel leader in a way i like the idea that if you maybe there's different milestones or milestones of winning money occur at every circle shrink. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, if you make enough money uh, in those like hurdles of the, uh, the betting cashing in or something. So everybody's kind of forced to re up their bets every time the circle shrinks. And then you have these like, you know, hunger games, like TVs being like, everyone's betting on captain spanky to win the match or whatever. <laughs> And so the players on the ground are like seeing this and they're like, oh my God. Oh uh, yeah. And they can kind of target. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you make enough money in the tower, you could uh, pay to literally just uh, parachute yourself in like <laughs> two, two thirds into the match. So now you're like, you know what? I'm better than all of these fools. I've, I've been watching them play all match. And then you get to drop in with your luxury gun and luxury uh, armor and all that stuff. Or maybe you drop in without any guns or armor, but you could kind of like no clip around the field beforehand to try to scope things out and to see where the good guns are. And so you'd have that level of advantage. Oh, what if we made it so that the people in the tower can drop into the match whenever they want, but Mm -hmm. the people in the tower appear on everyone's radar. Okay. (laughs) So it's like, okay, I'm going to win this. There's only three people left there. I just have to outplay them. But when you drop in, you're immediately going to be a blip on everyone's radar. So like before they, you know, annihilate each other at the end of a match. They're now both groups are incentivized to come out of hiding or come out of their sort of safety zones and kill the, uh, kill the intruder. I do like this idea of taking enemies that have been outright hunting each other and trying to force some level of camaraderie by having a even greater enemy that they both don't want to win even more than the other person. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I think the thing that like, I mean, battle royales now are 
very done and I don't know if there's any room to even add complexity, but I think the thing that like building and stuff in Fortnite shows is that a tiny tweak to just the existing formula can create an interesting thing to do a to make priorities themselves shift, right? Because either either this is a totally horrible idea or it's a great idea because <laughs> the beauty of battle royales in some way is that there's kind of one priority, which is murder everyone that you come across. But to have that moment of you think your objectives are clear or you're mostly focused on that and to have a new thing. I think that's what like supply drops do well in battle Royale games is suddenly go, Mm -hmm. Hey, here's a, you know, here's a carrot, go get this. I think to, to do that in, yeah, like you said, a way that forces cooperation would be interesting. All right. So you have, um, kind of a disruptive element coming from the tower. Maybe, maybe there's no upper limit to the number of people that can be in the tower. It's kind of a perpetually refreshing, um, it's almost like the tower in uh, destiny where, you know, that is just the lobby when people aren't in a game. Although I guess, uh, would, would the games then be like functionally indefinite? Like, would it be frustrating to be down to the final three and then to get like 200 people jumping into the match and essentially starting over and not really being rewarded for all of your hard work thus far? I don't know. It seems a little messy. That's a good question. I don't know if I have an answer for it, except to say that uh, I think if you kind of create the circumstances for this to be exciting throughout, then people might like try and follow the rules. I guess you could you can force things, but I mean, players always find ways to break break systems. I don't think that just creating a broken system is the <laughs> solution to that problem. Yeah, that's true. Um, how could we solve it? Maybe we can. Are we out of time? Uh, We have a good uh, 40 seconds. I think we can throw (laughs) one idea out there. Okay. How about if when uh, the players uh, or when somebody from the tower drops in, they have like essentially your guns uh, will become inactive when pointing them at other fellow combatants and you really actually just got to kill the rich person. (laughs) All right. Well, that's uh, that's an idea and we're going to have to end on that. So. Let's let's come up with a name for this uh, for this game. This makes me think of the casino planet from uh, the Star Wars: The Last Jedi. What if, what if the uh, the people in the tower are royalty, and we just go and have the snake eat itself and say Royal Royale, or just Battle Royal? <laughs> battle <laughs> Royal. Very cheeky. <laughs> it would be spelled the exact same way, though, wouldn't it? Well, it would be without no e. the e at the end. It's the only thing. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> or Battle Royals or something like that. We can uh, we can figure it out. Battle Royals is better. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go to the community now and see what you have for us today. I'm scared. This is from uh, one of our faithful listeners, Joan Andel, who says, Informational website at modest price. Hi. Mm. Are you looking for a hybrid mobile app? Update website and SEO for your business? We are. We are the best company that offers ranking-oriented packages to get any business website on the first page of ranking of Google, Yahoo, Bing. That's great. Let me know your website URL. I can do a detailed analysis and send quotes. Please share Skype ID or phone num to discuss more in detail. Regards, Joanne and Dell. All right, then. 
Uh, seems like a lot of SEO juice flowing in here. Uh, let's get on that first page of Bing and start the clock there. I do love that Bing and Yahoo are holding it strong right up against Google in this, as though they uh, as though they actively still exist. What a what a treat! I guess SEO itself is kind of a game. I mean, it's a, a game of perpetually shifting rule sets, kind of like a papers please in a way, where you're functionally doing a a uh, boring thing by almost invisible and imperceptible rules that change every so often and you have to kind of keep up with them that that, maybe that is kind of interesting where kind of like papers please you're adjusting to changing rule sets but the rules are this time invisible and you have to kind of like deduce how they're changing as you're going it's kind of like the stock market i guess (laughs) yeah gross um Okay, so you're able to look at something morphing and changing, and then you get to, oh, what if you have like, um, you have a group of like a couple players, four players or something like that, almost like a Jackbox game, and you're watching something like slowly take shape, uh, an amorphous blob kind of morph into it something, and the first person who can answer correctly what it'll end up being uh, is the person that uh, gets the most points. What if there's something about creating like a Jackbox type game where you're creating headlines where I guess each each person, uh, I guess, gets a, gosh, okay, maybe each person gets like an image or a video on their phones. They have to create like a clickbait headline to get people interested to see what that video is people rank what the most you know uh provocative headlines are and then they have to actually watch all the videos without context and try to match the headlines with the videos just to make sure that the apple didn't fall too far from the tree you know okay so people aren't stretching the truth too much so it's like both sides of the seo story like you want it to be you know provocative so people will click on it but you also want it to be accurate yeah, I guess you would need people giving you a, oh my god, I'm almost imagining now like a meta game where people are able to link to real stories <laughs> and and you get like most clicks, but then like people who click on them can also give them like a truth score. Yeah, maybe you have to read a, you're given a very short amount of time to like read a complicated news story and you have to come up with a clickbaity headline to get people interested and then... And then you are also kind of like judged on how accurate it is once, uh, you know, they're finally able to click through and actually read what the story is. I, <laughs> I kind of love that. You're, you're kind of standing up a, a news website where people are, you're almost creating a news site where, I guess it could be a news game, where like disinformation is disincentivized, but, you know, you're still going to succumb to the people's habits. So like you're trying to write the most salacious headline potentially, but while still telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And this factors into it's, you know, what uh, Joanne says here, which is let me know your website URL so I can do a detailed analysis and send quotes. So maybe there's a, how could we get sending quotes down into this thing? Quotes. Uh, So, I mean, I guess quotes would be like the price that, this SEO person would be charging us for elevating the, like a price quote, right? Not like a, like a spoken quote. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, 
you could you could charge a or almost like betting on how effective you think you did in this in this game and then the more that you bet the more that you charge the more that you stand to win versus uh versus lose if you end up uh not ranking highly amongst your friends choices we we kind of have an answer to the format it's a hybrid mobile app <laughs> update website and wait a minute okay hold on are you looking for a hybrid mobile app update website and seo so what is we we need a, a second screen experience here it sounds like <laughs> i mean if it's a jackbox style game and it already is a second screen experience i mean how many screens do you expect people to come to parties with <laughs> i mean if it's me i have at least 12 but can't expect that of everyone oh okay so wait a second it's starting to take shape for me so now we have it's a jackbox game everybody is given a url mm -hmm. a short synopsis that they can read or everybody's given a short synopsis that they can read and everyone has to make the most clickbait headline uh but it's everybody's given the same article so you have to just like choose which story um or which headline you would click and then the person who gets the most clicks wins. You're literally making a, a Jackbox clickbait game. There's a certain amount of fun to that. And I think maybe you can give like two players the same story. But I think a lot of these Jackbox games really thrive on the on the majority of the people not knowing what the actual prompt was. And so maybe if there are two people competing against each other with the same prompt, then the fun is in seeing the ridiculous answers and then later learning what they're both responding to. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Because I do like the idea of like, everybody is given a, uh, maybe it's everybody's given a boring story. Um, and, <laughs> and then everybody's headline is written up on screen, but you on your phone get the headlines and you can only see one story mm -hmm. <laughs> when you click on it so you have to pick which one you're going to click to be able to read what the heck the story was behind this thing but i love <laughs> the idea of like a nice old man uh buys a head of broccoli at the grocery store and it says some assholes crazy for green green scream or something like that <laughs> <laughs> that's really fun i think yeah that's um I think that's a solid premise. I would enjoy playing this. So what else can we can we throw into this to make it fun? One of the um one of the Jackbox competitors that I really enjoyed was yeah, it was called Use Your Words, which did incorporate actual like uh clips from like old, usually kind of like foreign movies that nobody's ever seen before that you would have to like write subtitles for, like stuff like that. Like I never seen like video clips used in Jackbox style games, and that felt really fresh and really cool. Um, what, what are the kinds of like formats can we put into this or whatever kind of like twists can we add to, to make this stand out? I feel like there's a lot of form different Jackbox games that are really about rewarding the best joke, but they also end up rewarding like in jokes created with that group mm -hmm. in that moment. Yeah. I'm trying to think about how to systematize that. God, they're experts at it. I think it would be fun if as it delivers everything, like as it delivers the 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 headlines that people have written, it was formatted in that very specific way, like the clickbait, that like grid of clickbait headlines you see at the bottom of websites when your ad blocker is oh. off sometimes, which is like a semi-related picture next to it of either like somebody's foot with a horrible mold growing on it or like 
you know, an attractive woman or something like that. You know what you just made me realize is it would be funny to do this uh, or have this thing essentially set up so that uh, as as uh, if you take everybody's written headlines, even after a winner's chosen and you play a boring video, but you put like cable news graphics packages all around it like the ticker that has somebody's crazy headline and like the intro slide that has somebody else's crazy <laughs> headline and so you're just uh it, it's almost like taking a mad libs and then like building a broadcast news package around something that's very boring but has the most <laughs> offensive graphics on top of it all right i think that'll do it let's close that one down thank you very much joan joan andel Let's come up with a name for what we're going to call this this game, this app, this SEO priming solution. Hybrid mobile app. I feel like Google Yahoo Bing, there's some there's some crazy hybrid name or something like that. Like Glahooing or something. Glahooing. Um, let's see. Let's or maybe just I mean, if it was a Jackbox game, it would be named something like SEO no or something silly like, <laughs> oh, yeah seo very no descriptive is but eye-catching in a way um do people know what seo is i think it's a pretty common term these days although i work in marketing so maybe i'm not the best person <laughs> to ask seo no as long as it's oh <laughs> yeah okay all right that's uh i think that's suitable yeah again thank you very much for sending that one in if you would like to send any game ideas into the show to be read aloud and discussed for 10 minutes then you can do so by uh, emailing us playwrightcast at gmail.com you can go to playwrightcast.com slash pitch or you can tweet us at playwrightcast special thank you to protodome for the use of our theme song hello world off the album blue noise it's very good go give it a listen after of course checking out all the other great shows on the Kane and Rince network like Kane and Rince Sound of Play and the Sausage Factory where they make uh tasty different types of Italian uh and other worldly sausages I think this latest episode's about chorizo it's really cool you gotta check it out all right and to take us out of the show I'm gonna deliver a miniature pitch um how about the person that has to clean all of the armor for like space Marines in the standard first person shooter type of game. And if you don't do a good enough job, then they come back and, uh, and I guess maybe they died or they get angry at you or something. Dude, I don't know. Oh my God. That, I know before we go, I have to tell you about this guy, <laughs> go on YouTube and just search for detail geek. Uh, if you haven't seen this guy's videos, all he does is detail cars and he details them in the most meticulous way. And hmm. that could be one hell of a game. All right. Well, that's some uh, extra homework as well. So cool. I guess that that'll take us out of the show today. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. <laughs>